Landed in California, went straight to the taco shop, had some apastor tacos, some steak tacos. Great day, my brother. I mean, the, the Mexican food in California is second to none, so I love it when I come here. I get to eat. Yeah, well, I see behind you, Panini is behind you. How did you uh, wind up working with the great folks at Panini? Um, so, I mean, I used to trade, not trade, I used to collect like Marvel cards when I was like a little kid you know i was very big into it then fighting all of a sudden had trading cards right yeah crazy man and eventually i ended up being on trading cards and i was like wow i love this man and it, the ball keeps rolling and um i meet some of the people at panini i'm actually featured in the panini box i was like man i want to be a part of this i want to i want to help move this movement and my knowledge in the fight in the space of just fighting is incredibly vast you know because i'm finding out what cards hold values how the system works what makes a card valuable i love it i love the formula thank goodness I know some people that know people from Panini. I'm able to talk to them and we were able to score this deal. And now we're here, you know? Yeah. Do you think you're going to get an AEW trading card? Because in my opinion, All Elite Wrestling should be honored to have you on a card. I would love that, man. Sure. Well, Panini set us up to talk, but I've been writing about and experiencing Recuerdo Mescal for a long time now. Great growing brand. Uh, what's coming up for Recuerdo? How you like it, man? How do you like to drink it? You drinking it uh, straight on the rocks? You mixing it with something? I drink it straight personally. My wife is more the cocktail kind of person. How do you drink it? Um, my current favorite. Well, if I drink it straight up, I drink it with a slice of orange, some warm salt, and just sip it. Get a little bit of orange in it. My current favorite drink is like a. It's like a made like a michelada, and you dump two shots of of recuerdo in there with the beer. The, Clamato juice, the salt, the lime. Love it. And the smokiness enhances the flavor of the tomato juice so much. To me, it's like my current favorite way to drink it. Are you allowed to have any Recuerdo when you're in training camp? I Am I allowed to? Yeah, but I just don't because the alcohol, the, you know, th there's a lot of things I'm not allowed to have in camp. I want to go eat, you know, 20 tacos. I want to eat all the large pizzas and cheeseburgers, but I, I can't, you know, the alcohol will put on a little bit of weight and it slow me down a little bit from my days of track and field. So, I got to I gotta not have too much alcohol, but like we always say, make it a meaningful moment when you drink, you know? So right after the fight, you know. <laughs> well, so at this point in your career, you're one of the biggest things in MMA. You've got your own tequila on the market. You've got this Panini partnership. Was the plan all along to be successful as a businessman or did that just happen organically? Definitely was always part of the plan. Um, fighters, we don't make that much money, my brother, you know, especially on the up and coming way. I I didn't make money so like a long, long, long time in my career. And I'm talking about a long time. I'm not talking about like a year or two. I'm talking about like a long time, like 15 years into it. So all along, we always knew me. And, and the reason why I'm here is the people behind me, the management team that I have behind me. When I tell them, hey, let's do this, let's do that, they all get with me and we're able to make things work. So. Like, it was always part of our plan, you know, as we keep growing, we keep expanding, keep getting ourselves more and more in the business and just getting as much money as I possibly can because fighting, I can't do it forever, unfortunately, and it, and it 
doesn't pay that much, you know, on the start, on the way up, in the mid-tier. I'm a little lucky, like you said, I'm the biggest name in the sport, so I, I do get compensated well, but it, it's not easy to get up here, you know. So all along the path, and thank goodness everything is working out, we're going to make good money fighting and great money in business. Is uh, Gamebred Fighting still an active entity? Are you planning on doing more shows in the future? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We got a show coming up in April. We got, I can't tell you who the main event is, but when you find out who these two ex-UFC veterans are, my brother, your head's going to explode if you know about fighting because they're going bare knuckle, no gloves. All I'm going to say is two ex-UFC heavyweights that I'm bringing to the table, and it's going to be, and it's going to be fireworks. So the whole card from top to bottom, we've been working on it. We're probably going to release the card in about two, three weeks. It's going to be in Louisiana. It's going to be our first show in Louisiana. We're very excited. It's, man, I, I promise you, um, on the team, there's not going to be nothing bigger than this. Uh, stateside, like uh, regional promotions, it's going to be the biggest thing, period. Everybody's going to be talking about this main event for a while. Hmm. Uh, you have so much on your plate, but do you think we'll ever see you back in AEW? Because a lot of the top team people, they don't stop showing up. <laughs> oh, mo most definitely. And uh, as you know, those A those AEW guys don't like me too much. They uh, they got a bone to pick with me, and I got a bone to pick with them. As it is, man, I I, I got a couple um. I got a couple wins on them, and they don't. You can say whatever it is, but I have, I'm on. Sure. Well, the last uh, question or topic I have for you is: What kind of music do you like to train to? When when you can choose the radio during training, where do where do you usually go on Pandora or Spotify? Do you have any artists that they are your people? That, that's a good question because it's that one's solely on my emotions that day. There's not like I always I, I go to anything. I like wake up, take my little shot of coffee, get to the gym, and I'm like, all right, this one I'm gonna put. I put a lot of Latin music, put a lot of uh, there's a DJ I like a lot, Oliver Kaletsky, a lot of hip hop, of course. Rock and roll, man, is very big with me. Um, the old schools, man, James Brown for the gym is like unbeatable, probably, you know. There's so much different music uh, that, that I like to jam out to. Recently, I've been doing a lot of house music, like uh, Oliver Kaletsky, like that upbeat uh, house music, no words, just crazy beats going hard, you know, because the train sessions are long, an hour and a half, two hours. So I just put something that could ride out and just go for it, you know? Well, to, to recap what we've been speaking about, the great work you're doing with Panini, the great work with Requerdo, UFC, Gamebred Fighting, AEW, I don't know what else there is left to do in life, but I think that you have big goals and you plan on getting them done. So I'm looking forward to whatever's next from you. Oh, there's a lot more to do in life. First thing is I got to just thank God always, my brother. I praise God for everything that I got I where I came from. I, I didn't have nothing going up. I I didn't have much. Um, you know, Forget about a silver spoon. I didn't even have a plastic spoon at times. So I'm always thankful to God, my brother, where I'm at, and I'll never forget that. So on every platform that I get a chance, I will always thank God Almighty, Jesus, thank you for everything that I got, man. Because, you know, there, there's many times that I thought, I, I don't know where my life is going to go when I was young. I didn't like my circumstances. And I asked God to come into my life and take over. And 
overnight, man. I'm not trying to get you or anybody to show up to my church and give donations, but overnight, God changed my life. So I'll never stop giving thanks to the Almighty. I appreciate that gratitude. Best of luck. Looking forward to what's next and have a great rest of the day, man. God bless, Darren. Hey, thank you for the interview. Great time, my brother. Whenever you want me on, let me know, man. Tony, it's really a pleasure to connect, not just because I love your work on Righteous Gemstones, but you've been part of so many shows I watched. Miracle Workers, well, you were in the movie The Dirt, etc. So Righteous Gemstones, how exactly did that happen? Was that a traditional audition or did you know people as a result of being a groundling? Um, it's kind of funny, man. Um, so School of Rock had been canceled in the fall of I think 2017 and then that's following so that got canceled um and I didn't work I didn't work at all until the following July in 2018 so um that was like eight months seven months of zero work and so um but I knew Ozzy was coming out so I was like well maybe Ozzy will separate me from the herd. And so like, um, it didn't, I had a terrible pilot season, nothing happened. And I had this crazy Ozzy mullet now. And I was like, well, nothing's going to happen. I mean, I literally went out to pilot season with that insane Ozzy haircut. And, um, and that was for one day of work, by the way. That I was like, yeah, I'm fully committed. Basically, a cool scene <laughs> at, at a motel. Yes. yes. And I was like, okay, so um, I got to cut my hair. This is insane. I haven't worked, you know, in eight months. Uh, you know, just the, you know, acting. It's it's ups and it's downs. And yeah. um, so my wife, uh, who's a writer and actor, we met at the Groundlings. She's brilliant. She was writing a show with her friend um, and her friend came over and her friend came over in like a full Sunday church dress. And Annie was like, oh, my God, you look so beautiful. What are you all dressed up for? And she was like, I just auditioned for Danny McBride's new show to play his wife. And Annie was like, oh, my God, what's it about? Will you send me the script? So she sent her the script. Annie read it. And she was like, oh, my God. Tony, you have to get in for this show. Right. There's a little Danny McBride's little brother. You would be perfect to play this part. So immediately I got on the horn to my agents and my managers. And I was like, I need to get in for this show. It's so funny. I've got the mullet right now. Get me in, get me in. And honestly, dude, it wasn't easy. Like uh, this was like two weeks of me hounding, hounding, hounding. And then finally they bring me in and I get the audition for the show. And it's not Danny's little brother. It's this weird Satanist character. And I'm like, For, I mean, former, guy's, former Satanist, character. former Satanist character. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, this, this is really funny. Obviously it's hilarious, but I, I just, I was like, I'm not really right. I'm not what's on the page for sure. Right. Um, but I remember getting it and my wife and I, we were traveling and like we had a six hour drive home and we worked together and kind of workshopped who this character would be. And it was kind of like an amalgamation of a character that I actually bombed doing at the groundlings mixed with some actual Southern uh, friends of mine throughout. And uh, so I just took a big swing and it was like nothing I'd ever really done before on camera, you know, this kind of, uh, you know, eccentric shy guy. And I went into the casting office and the casting director is like, 
oh, it's so nice to meet you. Part of the reason why I called you in is I just wanted to meet you. My daughters and I, we went to see School of Rock at the Pantages. And I told him there was a TV show and we've been watching you on Nickelodeon and your headshot came across my desk and I really just wanted to meet you. So I really feel like if they hadn't seen the School of Rock show at the Pantages, that I might not have come in. I feel like it was kind of a random shot. And then I did my audition and I t- she was like, oh my God, you're perfect for this. This is literally just like a video that Danny sent me of an actual Satanist turned youth minister. And I was like, okay, she's blowing smoke up my butt. And she was like, she was like, do not cut your hair. Cause I was so ready to cut my hair at that point. And the whole time this was happening, I was like, I know someone auditioned for this part that looked exactly like what was on the page and fate, man, fate and luck and working on this weird character and, and the genius of what was on the page and, Danny and Jody and David just and John and Jeff and everybody just being so amazing and collaborative and um, it's funny you mentioned the groundlings but I remember after I got text I got a uh, after I got um, cast I got a text from Edie going holy shit Danny just told me you're gonna be Keith you know because we had been buddies through the groundlings and I guess uh, she had found out through Danny that that I had booked that part and 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 um same thing with Adam. Adam and I had been buds and I had no idea um, until, God, I don't remember when I found out that Adam got the part of the younger brother. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember texting Adam and being like, dude, guess who's going to be your best friend on the show? <laughs> and him being like, no way. Um, so sorry, that was all of our 15 minutes, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said something very interesting as an outsider who didn't know you before this interview, which when you say I didn't work for seven or eight months and, you know, it was agony and am I ever going to work again? Because when I look at your IMDb, it just looks like, oh, this guy was always working because maybe you missed pilot season, but I guess things came out later than they were filmed. So it doesn't look like you have that big gap of employment. Well, I'll take it, dude. I'll take it. But you ask any actor, they've all had their gaps of like, holy shit, what's the next thing, you know? Yeah. And playing Ozzy for that role in the dirt, did you study a lot of tape or did you just know a lot already and that was fine? I I had never done Ozzy, dude. And I remember when I got the casting breakdown, I was like, well, again, you know, I'm going to take a big swing with this character But, you know, I had watched the show in the 90s, but and it said specifically in the breakdown, we do not want the Ozzy that was in the Osbournes in the 90s. We want Ozzy in the 80s. And so I just started doing my research. And for me, you know, as you can see with Keith, like I love physical comedy and I love finding Mm -hmm. the physical attributes of characters. I think that's so darn interesting. And uh, that was what I really was studying. And with Ozzy, there's always kind of been, even in the 80s, like a little bit of this hunched over thing. And his arms are always at 90 degrees for whatever reason. Yeah. When he's doing interviews or whatever, even when he's singing, it's like they're almost locked at his side. And so, like, as soon as I got locked in with that, you know, it was kind of refining the accent. But, you know, Jeff Tremaine 
who uh, who directed, who's got Jackass Forever out, which if you haven't seen it yet, it's so great. And Eric mm-hmm. Andre's in it too. But um, we just like connected from like the first, you know, audition. And he was just like, oh my God, you know, this guy's fearless too. As you can tell on the stuff that I've done, I've, I'm not afraid to show my junk or my butt cheeks. <laughs> that that is, is among the first things that we see early into the righteous checks. Yep. But, yep. Yep. but it's interesting to me that you have this trifecta that pretty much three roles in a row between playing Ozzy in the Dirt, uh, School of Rock, and then this character's Keith. You're, you've kind of become this rock and roll guy, yet you have this military background. Are you a rock guy and you just were in your part-time or what's the deal with that? I think really kind of the through line for all my characters um, uh, is that I just find these losers with the heart of gold, you know, whether they're rock guys or stoners or ex-Satanists, it's just they're, you know, they're lovable, unsuccessful, you know, guys that, you know what, they, they have their heart on their sleeve and, uh, and they're trying their best, man, you know, but their best just is really mediocre. <laughs> Losers with a heart of gold. I think that you hit the nail on the head right there. So as a creative person who can improvise, is the long-term goal to eventually be the person who's not just starring in the things, but writing, directing, producing, et cetera? Um, yeah, you know what? I'll take what I can get, Darren. Like, that's the thing. You know, with this industry, it's just like, uh, you know, I, you know, my wife's a writer and creative and we're working on a podcast together right now, which is great. But, you know, I I love working with her and I, you know, obviously coming from the groundlings, I I wrote a lot of my material, you know, I don't know if sitting down and writing full scripts is my bag. Like I directed on School of Rock, which was a wonderful experience. I think I'd like to direct a little bit more. and I love being creative and, and, and coming up with ideas. Um, I just kind of, you know, I'm just kind of riding the wave because I think more than anything, you know, I've been out here for like 16 years almost. And it's just, uh, you know, if the opportunity is not the right one, it's not the right one. You should, you can't force these things, you know, you can't, force it you know I, I thought Saturday Night Live was gonna be my jam and boy did I try and force that sucker and you know it, it just doesn't happen so for me sometimes like if it feels right and it works out then it's right you know sometimes it feels like this is the destiny um and and it doesn't come to fruition and you just gotta let it go and, and move on to the next thing so you know, right now, like I had an idea the other day for a show that I think would be so great. I've, I, I don't know if you're watching Pam and, and Tommy, but. Oh, you know. yeah. Oh, yeah. We are all caught up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, kind of in that same vein. And I was like starting to write down some ideas and sending some stuff around. And I don't know who knows, you know, but it's fun to be creative. I'm certainly not going to sit down and write the whole script out, but at least getting the idea down and. And maybe there's an awesome young up and coming writer that that is just as passionate and wants to collaborate. But um, yeah. Hmm. And the last thing I want to know is it's also intriguing to me that you pretty much found your own gig with Righteous Gemstones, that you had to pound the pavement and work hard to get that audition and follow up and make it happen. What does your agent say 
<laughs> when you ultimately are the person who made that gig happen? Uh, well, <laughs> um, I think really, I mean, we were all just, I, you know, again, it's just like shock and awe. I mean, you see John Goodman, Danny McBride, Jody Hill, David Gordon Green, you know, Edie Patterson, all these names. And the fact that like it panned out and worked out, I think we were all just like shocked that like taking a jump from a Nickelodeon show to a Danny McBride show on HBO, I think we were all just like, this couldn't have been a more amazing thing. You know what I mean? But again, my my agents and especially my manager and especially my wife, everybody's like, we believe in you. You can do it even through, you know, those years of not working or those months in between of not working. It, it was always just kind of like, all right, where's the train heading to next? Let's just trust the process and trust that um, things will work out. And uh, if not, we hope that we've saved enough money in between. <laughs> well, I believe in you. I believe in Keith and any hints that you can give about what's going to happen with Keith leading into the season finale. And then you're a free man to jump to your next interview where they ask you these same questions. Oh, Darren. No, I've really enjoyed this interview. And, and there have been a lot of questions that haven't been asked. So um, great job. I also love your shirt, by the way. Oh, um, that, yeah. are, are you a fan of heavy metal parking lot? Because if not, Keith comes basically from heavy metal parking lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, dude. Um, I will tell you this. Um, Keith does take a big step um, in a certain direction uh, in these in these last few episodes that uh, I think is uh, very heartfelt and meaningful and, uh, and we'll kind of leave the audience hoping and, uh, and praying uh, for hoping our and sweet praying. baby Keith. <laughs> well, I love this show. I don't know if that was evident enough. It's wonderful anytime that you can have drama with the comedy, with the pop culture references. And it's all done at the same time with an excellent soundtrack. So keep up the great work on the screen and looking forward to whatever is coming next from you whatever show it is, but hopefully it's more Righteous Gemstones. Thanks, Darren. Are you standing right now? Yeah, you got to stand for something, right? Oh, dude, I love that. I, I think you're the first interviewer that's uh, been standing. So the, the actual recording <laughs> apartment, the actual standing, you know, you got to be original. Somehow. Just No, dude, I was just going to compliment you. I love your bookcases, the posters, the art on the wall. I love the little, is that a fern back there or a fiddly fig? The, the plants are my wife's doing the eight by 11s. They used to give you like, if you send one of your headshots, that's getting framed and going on the wall They they used to, you know, the pre JPEGs, the pre gifts, they had to yeah. send actual headshots like a dry cleaners. So I, I think we live in a dry cleaner esque establishment. Great. I, I will send you whatever you want, dude. I'm getting, I'm literally getting Keith Prince and Aussie Prince today. So happy to send you a couple. You're the best, man. Seriously, <laughs> thank you for your time. Thanks, Darren. What we were connected to speak about, and we were talking about it earlier, that you had filmed it right before the pandemic, and it went on the festival circuit in 2021. So did you get to see a final cut of it right away, or did you have to wait like everyone at the festival? No, I did wait. I did wait, and I saw a cut of it right when it came out in the film festivals. And 
it was fun. You know, I love the storybook element of it. It starts like a storybook and it's so, it's got a lot of heart and humor and I was, I was happy with it. A little more lighthearted than your work on Westworld and some of the other projects. A just little. A, just a just, tiny bit more. Is comedy something you hope to do plenty more of in the future or is it just the right role is the right role? I would love to. I would love to. It, usually it's, it's sort of if I love the script, I'll do it. And humor, I, I love comedy sure. and I would love to do more comedy. Um, so I welcome it. I would love to, to continue doing that. It's such a different experience, you know. Right now I'm in Mexico City working oh. on a film called Hail Mary, which is- Playing Gabrielle and Hail Mary. That's right. Thank That's you, right. IMDb. Thank you, IMDb. There you go. Um, so it's a very different experience. It's much more dramatic, but the humor usually lightens things up. And that's what this whole experience was with King Knight. It was so happy and loving and easy. Where was King Knight filmed primarily? In, in Topanga Canyon in Los Angeles. Yeah, in this gorgeous tree house. That's how it felt like in the middle of the woods. It was, it's exactly what you see in the movie. It was stunning. You never know these days. I, the other day, I think I did a junket where I said, oh, so did you film in Iraq where the film is uh, set? And they're like, no, Los Angeles. It was at a studio. And you oh, go, no way. Oh, there's Los an Iraq Angeles. set in a Los Angeles Los studio. Angeles. So, it's actually much nicer if you could go on location. Like, for example, with this film. Sure. Oh, the world. Mexico City is stunning. Yes. And, and you get a sense of... The, the feeling, the tone of the world. So we were actually right where we needed to be for King Knight as well. It really set the tone, you know? And being a Los Angeles resident, or, a, or at least so what the internet says, did you get to at least sleep in your own bed every night afterwards, or did you make them spring for the nice hotel room too? No, no, I, I love sleeping in my own bed. Um, and it was so nice to shoot in Los Angeles. I always love that. Yeah, that is a unique thing for filmmaking. Very rarely do you get to commute from home for a movie. For TV, it's a different scenario. Or am I wrong? Have you actually commuted to a number of movies? I've, I've, you know, I don't usually go on vacation. Never, 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 never. But my way of vacation is traveling for work. And I think it's the best kind because you get to see a different world and you get to live in that world creatively. So I've been to... A number of places I feel a lot of gratitude for and had great experiences. Um, so yes, work has definitely taken me out to like Argentina, Spain, Mexico City, New York City, all kinds of places. So you must be a good packer, uh, the kind of person yes. that goes, I can leave 10 minutes before I have to leave for the flight. No. Uh oh, no. <laughs> no, no, I'll, I'll take it the day before I'll pack and I'll be ready to go the very next day. So take time with these things, Darren. So, so I, I have to learn patience. That, what, that is what you're saying, okay. So <laughs> King Knight- You're not patient. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> King Knight is the new latest release. Do we know what is next for you? Is it run and gun? Oh yeah, that movie's supposed to come out soon too. I should know these things. Um, I believe so. You're right, Darren. Run and Gun is going to come out soon. 
Um, there might be a few other things that are going to come out soon that, um, there's, yeah, there's a few things. There's a few things coming out fairly soon. I don't want to speak before I'm meant to. That's why I'm not saying anything. You mean before deadline.com says it's okay to do so. Yes, exactly. Well, like, yeah, talk about that movie. (laughs) My two last questions before you set free is ran totally random stuff, but personality oriented stuff. Uh, What's the last concert that you went to for fun? Okay. It was before the pandemic. It was System of a Down. Wow. Armenian Brotherhood. That's right. I love them. They're so great. And I think they had their last concert the last Saturday. Yes. Bank of California Stadium. Big metal show. Are you a metal person or are you just the Armenian roots? No, I I was definitely a metal person growing up. Um, Yeah, you wouldn't think, but I am. Yeah, like I was a bit of a loner in high school. You know, I wore the same black jeans, suspenders and listened to metal, but it's evolved. It's not the only place I am. Ultra.